He's blunt, but he's fair. This is Drew Berquist, former counterterrorism officer, realist, and host of This Is My Show, which starts now. Uh, but as you just mentioned, some states are trying to block our, our success uh, and measures because they would rather use immigration as a political stunt. <laughs> All right. I, we've been starting with KJP a lot here for the cold opens. I'm Drew Berkowitz. This is my show. That was your token press secretary saying that Republicans are to blame for what's happening at the border. Not Joe Biden. Nope, not him. Take that in real quick, everyone. This administration has set record after record of illegal immigrants crossing over the past two years. Literally all the records they didn't want to to set, they keep setting and breaking. They've thrown, this Biden-Harris administration's thrown CBP officers under the bus. They've frequently and consistently told them not to enforce the laws, not to do what they swore an oath to do. But yeah, it's... Uh, it's got to be Republicans' fault. It's got to be Republicans' fault. I just, I mean, if that's not the very definition of the back-asswards approach that these guys take, that the left's, that they take to really everything, I don't know what is. Nope, it's not us. wasn't us. It's the Republicans. Oh, but. I mean, she did that with the economy last week. This is, this is their fault. No. No, it's not. Literally a three-year-old could figure that out. All right, folks, we hope you had a great weekend. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Excited to get into all that we're going to get into during the week. It's not necessarily all rosy and, uh, and happy, but we're going to get into it nonetheless. We'll have some fun doing it, both on the show and over on Booze and Banter, which real quick, a lot of you have already. But just as a reminder, if you've been on vacation, if you haven't been paying attention, Booze and Banter is now exclusively over on redvoicemedia.com. You can sign up at redvoicemedia.com dot com forward slash drew crew that's where you sign up again redvoicemedia.com forward slash drew crew you get access to not only booze and banter but all sorts of other premium access on red voice media which is why we are doing that for you guys but that's just where you sign up where you watch it is you go to redvoicemedia.com forward slash bb we put that in the chat you can see it there on the screen as well again I hate to just keep saying URLs, but it's redvoicemedia.com forward slash Drew Crew to sign up. Redvoicemedia.com forward slash BB to watch. Okay. If you have any issues, guys, I know we've, we've had to help troubleshoot some stuff for some people. Send us a note at producer at redbeachmedia.com. We'll get to you. We'll try and get help and walk you through getting signed up, watching, engaging, all of that stuff um, as we continue to make this adjustment. Lots to get into, though, today before we even get to booze and banter. Plenty. Going to get into this Tyree Nichols murder. Awful thing that happened. But the narrative that's coming out about it, equally awful. We're going we're gonna to break that down. I'll talk to you about that here in just a second, actually. Trump kicked off his campaign, his 2024 bid in South Carolina over the weekend. He did some things well. He did some things well. But he also made some foolish moves, too. I'll tell you what those are. We're going to get into it. Plus this video that I'm this video that I'm going to show later in the show, it might just perfectly summarize where we are as a country right now. You can probably imagine it's not great. It's not a great video. I don't. I'm not looking forward to seeing it again. But we've got to show it. We're going to talk about it. 
Then a booze and banter. Bill Gates got grilled, which I love to see, but he's denying more significant relationship uh, with Jeffrey Epstein. There's people talking about using the export, the revenue from U.S. exports that are, are going out of our country to pay reparations. Don't think that's going to happen. Don't like that idea, not one bit. I'll show you the clip. We'll talk about it. Then there's a bunch of other stuff that, like, like D Block of the main show today, there's going to be some stuff in booze and banter that you maybe don't want to see, but you need to. Because, again, we are in a, a war, a culture war for the soul of this nation. And you have to understand what the other side's doing, what the understand believes, um, how they believe it, I don't know. But let's get into this Tyree thing here. So on Friday, Memphis police released footage of five police officers, we should use finger parents for that, beating Tyree Nichols essentially to death. He died three days later because of the injuries. And of course, and look, obviously what we're going to talk about with this, this was awful, this should not have happened, this was a tragedy it didn't need to happen. But of course, because we live in new America, the narrative about this instance, this, this incident, isn't that five black cops beat a black man so badly that it led to his death. That's not it at all. No, no. The narrative and the conversation that's happening out there is that this particular incident is further proof that policing is racist. <laughs> According to race hustler, Marxist enthusiast Van Jones over at CNN, the beating of Tyree Nichols is a byproduct of systemic racism in law enforcement. Look at this headline. He put out a, an op-ed over the weekend. The, the title says, for those of you listening in the car, the police opinion, the police who killed Tyree Nichols were black, but they might still have been driven by racism. This just gives me a headache. It's... <laughs> It, I mean, it is confusing to wade into the mind of a radical leftist. But let's here, here's how you make that leap. Here's how you make that leap. If you're Van Jones, we've got some other discussion points on this, a clip that's going to make your head want to explode later on. But the leap in their mind is that racism is so ingrained in law enforcement culture that even black police unknowingly participate in racist behavior because of systemic racism. Now, some people might be like, okay, well, that, that, maybe that makes sense. Clearly, too many do. Way too many do. But the flaw in that logic should be very obvious, obvious because that, that supposes, presumes that black police officers can't think for themselves and form their own opinions. So the idea is inherently, you guessed it, racist. It's the same kind of thing with voting. Black, they can't have the, the voting IDs racist because they can't get it. You're saying that they're too dumb to figure out how to get and maintain a valid form of identification. But in the mind of the communist, you, you can find racism in anything, in everything, in fact. And you do. So I guess, so I guess the one time that I was flying on Delta, I was leaving Atlanta, had this nice young lady who happened to be you know african-american she was giving out the drinks the man next to me was also african-american uh she asked for me to see my id when i asked for a bourbon he she asked him he's like oh mine's down in my checked bag she goes well then i, I can't give you a drink and then she's like how'd you get through security with if your bag was <laughs> being checked he's like oh I, I don't you know and like and she's like can't give you a drink so she's racist then 
Yeah. Uh, 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 apparently so. Yeah. According to them. Yeah. According to them. Apparently yeah. so. <laughs> but you you just have to do the mental gymnastics necessary to make this connection that they make. I mean, again, they're committed to doing it, so they're going to do it. And in this crazy world of our, I mean, in, in, in theory, playing pool, for example, billiards, some of you might call it, perfect example of systemic racism. You're using a white ball to put down balls of color. You got to sink those balls to win. It's, this is how it works, right? It's just, you get the point. It's all ridiculous. And when you, you view the, the world through the prism of this victim oppressor ideology like they do, then making these these connections to systemic racism, racism it, it's second nature to these guys. It makes perfect sense to them. But getting back to the horrific scene of Tyree being beaten, what I saw, what we all saw, if you've seen it by now, we're going to have it playing in the background here multiple times today as we discuss this, what I saw was not systemic racism. It just isn't. I don't know how you how you come up with that ridiculous thought. It wasn't what we saw. It wasn't even policing. It looked like a Waffle House beatdown you'd see on social media. Not law enforcement officers doing what they're supposed to be doing. The only part of the video, in fact, that looks like policing is when one of the officers says, give me your hands. Everything else looked like a drug cartel shakedown. And according to a source... And this is an interesting thread here that's not getting a lot of attention. But according to a source within the Memphis Police Department, the five officers who were not hired, or excuse me, the five officers were not hired according to the normal hiring process, the normal procedures. So how did that happen? How did these guys get through and eventually be able to do this to Tyree Nichols, something that didn't need to happen? Well... Go back to 2020. Remember when everything was on fire in 2020? Right? You had the Memphis Police Department, where this occurred. Memphis Police Department relax its hiring standards to help fill all the openings that were being created by retiring police officers and officers who didn't get to retirement but just like, I'm not doing this anymore. Our chief, the local politicians, the news, the community, everyone is, is vilifying us. So why the hell would I continue to go and do this? Well, according to the source, city leaders felt the existing hiring process was too strict. And, and again, keep in mind, they had slots to fill because of the disenchantment and the low morale. But they felt that the existing process was too strict and kept certain people from getting jobs in the department. City leaders began their own hiring process and then pushed new hires to the agency, bypassing the testing procedures in place at the department. What this means is that the city, if you, if you kind of read through the lines here, the city was insistent on hiring people of color, even if that meant lowering the hiring standards and ignoring potential red flags, ignoring the possibility of awful things like this that happened. Remember, when all the, the cities were on fire and we had all of these things going on during 2020, the, the, the St. Floyd riots that were occurring, People were out there saying, we need more black police officers to patrol these black neighborhoods. This, 
the hiring process that these guys went through in, in Memphis, that these city officials put into place and uh, implemented, was a you know a direct byproduct of that. It was a response to those cries and to that emotional, albeit narrow-minded and short-sighted, foolish, whatever you want to call, plan. Instead of justice and law enforcement being blind, the city of Memphis wanted to segregate policing. They needed to bring crime down in high crime neighborhoods so they could so they could you know get this under control and in response to that and in response to everything that was going on emotionally and and with this 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 narrative as it pertains to systemic racism and and cops are bad defund the police yada yada anyways they created this specialized unit called scorpion unit and the twist is with as it pertains to this is they needed to hire a bunch of black police officers and in the polluted minds of the, of the leftist ideologues that are out there, if you're going to have a proactive unit targeting a neighborhood of color, the worst optic, the worst thing you could do would be to have white officers in that unit. So you got to fill slots with people based on race rather than experience, rather than merit, something that's a troubling trend across everything all the way to, to hirings at the White House and within the Supreme Court. But the anonymous source, Memphis police, this, again, this is a Memphis police officer, went on to say all of the five charged officers were hired by the city and didn't go through the rigorous testing process. This is what quota hiring looks like, lawsuits and dead innocence. The city should pay the lawsuits instead of the police department. This murder wasn't created by old school policing or by white supremacy. This murder was directly facilitated by liberal policy. Getting back to the footage, though, we've... <laughs> In this security cam footage, you can see Nichols was on the ground. And then the officers picked him up and were holding him while other officers punched him in the face. It literally looks like a scene out of a movie. A cop holding a suspect so another cop can punch the suspect while demanding to know where the money or the drugs are, whatever the case might be. That's not what happened, but that's, that's what it looks like, right? That's kind of the, the scene that's, that's unfolding in front of you. They had the guy on the ground. They had Tyree on the ground. All they had to do was cuff him and take him. Obviously, these five aren't police officers. They're, they're, they're thuggish goons who got through this, this process that was modified so they could get through. And for whatever reason, they were there wanting to exert some form of dominance. you know, police through intimidation, violence, completely disregard the, the laws, the rules and regs of the department, the constitution, all of that stuff. Bottom line, this thing is a hor horrible, horrible thing that happened. And I would just keep in mind, we've got a little bit more I want to touch on with it, but, but please keep in mind, because you're going to run into a lot of people who go down this systemic racism and all this other nonsense Cops are bad. Here comes the defund the police stuff. Y'all, if you're in this audience, I know the general demographic of this audience. I know we've got people from their teens all the way into their 80s, but I know the general spot. Most of you understand that, it, that uh, there's always a few bad apples. That's true in anything. It's true in your classroom. It's true on your team. It's cr true in your school, your organization, or whatever. It's true in law enforcement. Or in a bushel of apples. Or, or specifically in a bushel of apples. But few is the key word. There's a reason, like, there's always a bad apple. Like, 
don't use these tragic circumstances and these these awful events like this, the beating and eventual death of Tyree Nichols, to paint all law enforcement that way. It literally makes no sense. They're not. There's not a statistic out there that proves any of this stupid, ridiculous narrative. There's there's none. And by the way, for the people who are saying, well, we gotta we gotta defund them, this is more reason to defund them. If you defund the police who are already tragically underfunded, under-resourced, you know what you're going to get in response? You're going to get a lot more of this, what you just saw. Poorly trained people who are letting the power of the badge and a gun go to their head, making horrible decisions and having catastrophic consequences from those. These things, this would happen all the time, what you saw on the screen there. Yeah, and, and I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if these guys were selected for to to get you know get quickly through the process so that this could happen so that then the police could be fun you know what i mean like someone's like oh yeah let's get some people like this give them power give them a gun give them a badge and then we'll see it all cripple you know and it's just it's crazy because you're sitting there going if they were properly trained and i man we we know a lot of police officers and and you know that's you know i always hear too it's like oh we got to have black cops uh police black communities I would almost like I've talked to some black cops and they're like, I'm not going to treat them just because I'm black and they're black. If they're breaking the law, they're breaking the law. You know, I'm not going to take it easy on them because their dad's not there. You know, like I'm going to, I'm going to, they're breaking Period. the law, you know? And so it's, it's okay. Hey, if that's what you want, that's fine. But just know it's, it's, they're still going to do their job. If yeah. they're, you know, if, if their state allows them. <laughs> Well, it's just so. the, 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 the people who always cry race are the most racist. And and at the end of the day, color should have nothing to do. And it really doesn't. If you look at the stats, if you talk to people who do this, color has nothing to do with this. Stupid people have a lot to do with it. That's 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 definitely true. But to, to wrap this up, I mean, you, you you can't have a story about corrupt police officers killing a black suspect without some white woke woman. Right. It's got to be a white woman who feels the need <clears throat> to virtue signal to the world. So here we go. Sit back and listen to this chick. I've got a message today for some white people. If we have white people listening, paying attention, I wouldn't mind if you would do this with me. We rub our chests, we find our heartbeat, and we say, we did this. We did this. White supremacy did this. I'm talking about Tyree Nichols. Police didn't do this. The Memphis Police Department didn't do this. White supremacy did this. Ah, okay. White supremacy did this. We're all responsible for what happened to Tyree Nichols, apparently. I can tell a couple of things about this woman how she talks on camera. That's all rubber chest this down there. First of all, she drives a Subaru has a coexist sticker. That part is, that's a deadlock. We all know that. You could debate she was what. going to be doing the, the thing from uh, uh, Wolf of Wall Street. Uh, <laughs> she was going to start going into. <laughs> she, she didn't watch Wolf of Wall Street. She couldn't stomach no, that. she did not. <laughs> <laughs> but she drives a Subaru. She's definitely vaccinated. She wears a mask outside. Loves abortion, even though there's no chance that she would ever be impregnated. I mean, there's a lot of things you can tell about her. She despises Trump. 
all white people are racist. She thinks all Republicans in particular, of course, are racist. Thinks Barack Obama was the greatest president ever. Um, and she probably lives in an area that doesn't have very many minorities because she's wearing a sweater vest. That's just a, a kind of a random one at the end there. But, but her statement, sweater vest statement, saying that it's not the Memphis police officer's fault is inherently racist because that implies, that implies she is implying that black men don't have any agency over their own actions. She's saying that they're incapable of discerning between right and wrong. In the case, very specifically, of these five individuals who beat the living piss out of Tyree Nichols. Once again, once again, they always do that. It's the second time already in this show we've had a comment like this. Every time <clears throat> these white wokesters talk about race, they bring it up, they, imp <clears throat> excuse me, they impugn themselves as being the racist ones. Well, getting out there and trying to virtue signal to the rest of us. And this chick, she's got unrealistic expectations of law enforcement because she lives in a low crime area. That's my guess. Has very little interaction with police officers. And all of her opinions, all of her ideas on this stuff are simply based on confirmation bias. Incidents like this one prove that all cops are bad in her narrow-minded view of the world. She's got, obviously, she's got a bias against white people. She's got a bias against law enforcement. But <clears throat> this, this, it's just, it's remarkable how these people believe that. And again, there's the arrogance that comes with her too. Like, all right, everyone slow down. We're going to breathe. I'm going to tell you how we're all bad. And I'm bad too. Yes, you are. You definitely are. The rest of us, ah, not so much. At least on the with regards to what you're speaking about. All right. We've got a, we've got a haul ass here. We've got a question of the day we got to get to, and we're going to ask it right now. We're going to talk a lot about Trump here. The question is this. This is not, again, I hate, I hate doing caveats, but I always have to do it. This is not, do you like Trump? Do you not like Trump? This is not, do you think he was a great president in 2016? He was. This is, do you think Donald Trump can win another election? That is the question. Yes or no? Can Trump win another election? He kicked off his campaign, by the way, in South Carolina this weekend. Let's discuss the good first. There's some bad, too, but let's discuss the good first. That's coming up. Stick around. Do you think America first when you spend your hard-earned money? Do you feel guilty shopping woke companies that take your money? and push a liberal agenda? The choice is yours. When you shop at Mammoth Nation, you're a part of the solution, not the problem. We have thousands of products from hundreds of American and veteran-owned retailers. These patriots love America and they're fighting for you. So do the right thing, vote with your wallet, and spend wisely. Right now, go to mammothnation.com and become a lifetime member. Use this promo code and save 30%. We got a lot to get into over on Booze and Banter today. Make sure you sign up here because we're going to discuss this. Now, one of the issues that's dogged you is, is that of your relationship with Jeffrey Epstein. Do you regret the relationship that you maintained with him against Melinda's advice and wishes? Oh, I've said that I'm, I mean, this is, you're going way back in mm -hmm. time, but yeah. I, New audience. I will say for the, you know, over a hundredth time, yeah, I shouldn't have had uh, dinners with him. America has about 10 major exports, 
gold, oil, water, mm -hmm. electricity, we get a 25% cut permanently. This is perpetual. Mm -hmm. Every time America makes a dollar, we get 25 cents of that dollar as part of the reparations payment. We'll talk reparations. We'll talk Bill Gates. That's all coming up over at Booze and Banter on Red Voice Media later today. Redvoicemedia.com forward slash Drew Crew to sign up. Redvoicemedia.com forward slash BB to watch. Let's get to the question of the day responses. The question was, do you think President Trump will ever win an election again? Debbie says yes. Scott says no, I don't think so. Shirley says, absolutely, if the voting systems run correctly. That is a big if, Shirley, but I, I'm hearing you. June says, no. Matilda, I'm beginning to doubt Trump winning again, but he'll always get my vote. But the evil outnumber him. Yes, he can win and will win if the Democrats don't forge a bunch of ballots and steal the elections again, says Dawn. Again, big if, but true. Doty, Trump has my vote, but he does need to speak out the truth about the jab. He's made some big mistakes there. He's lost a lot of supporters there. Let's get to some of them over on Rumble. Uh, I'm getting there. Jill says, tough question. Texas Panhandle says, I hope so. I hope so. Uh, I think it will be closest, Judy. Yes, I'm counting on it, says WRMCSM. Not with the voting machines and the corruption that continues, so I guess is a no, says Barb. Jill says, yes, if DeSantis doesn't run. Well, that's a tough thing, though, because it's looking like that's probably going to happen. Drac, 10, he kicked it off in New Hampshire. Uh, uh, was that a mistake? South Carolina and New Hampshire. He was in both states this weekend. Um, we, had, we had friends at the South Carolina one, not the New Hampshire one. We've got some clips that we're going to talk about from South Carolina this weekend. But he, he, did, he did New Hampshire as, as well. You are right. Uh President, people, people coming in. Trump has, my, yeah, exactly. There's people coming in, so we got a, a pretty good mix. I, I'd say it's it's pretty damn close to even, with yeses and nos. You can keep sending it in. You can keep having your discussion there. I'm gonna kind of get to my answers as we go throughout the day uh, in these next two blocks, in particular, talking about this. Before we do get into talking about this, guys, please hit that like button, whichever platform you're on. We're so appreciative of you being here and engaging. If you can't for some reason, because you're at work or you're driving, we get it, but we'd love for you to engage with the community. This is definitely a come for the show, stay for the community type of place. So we're glad you're here. Hit that like button, make sure you're subscribed and share, share, share away. All right, so like I said, there's some good and some bad, like there is with all of us, right? There's not a one of us here, if we're being realistic, who doesn't have some good and some bad. Trump had some good stuff over the weekend. Trump had some bad stuff over the weekend. And he was in South Carolina as well as New Hampshire, but he was in South Carolina over the weekend, had some thoughts about what needs to be done here in America, particularly what needs to be done to save America. Pull the clip. The 2024 election is our one shot to save our country, and we need a leader who is ready to do that on day one. We need a fighter who can stand up to the left, who can stand up to the swamp, stand up to the media, 
Stand up to the deep state? Am I allowed to say stand up to the rhinos, too? I think we can say that. I think we can say that. Stand up to the globalists and China and stand up for America. And that's what we do. We stand up for America. And that's why we had polls today come out, the best polls I think I've ever had, actually. And uh, people are seeing, and they're liking us, but they're also not liking what's taking place in our country. To change the whole system, you need a president who can take on the whole system. All right, so some good things out of Trump there. Right, and he gets a lot of things right. A lot of things right. He was a phenomenal president. Phenomenal president. And he's rising in popularity in a lot of polls, and I'm sure that's driving the left insane. But I want to point out something about what he said there when he talked about standing up to different powers that are pulling our country apart, things that are destroying our freedoms. He talked about standing, he listed them. He talked about standing up to the left, to the swamp, the media, the deep state, rhinos, the globalists, China. I would also add big tech. And when you put all, we, we talk about this stuff all the time, but when you put all those entities into a list, it's kind of overwhelming, right? Talk about the deck being stacked against us. Jennifer says God wins 100%. And look, at the end of the day, we've already won the, the, the most important battle that's out there. We know how that one goes down. But, but when you're talking about the stuff that we're dealing, of, dealing with for this short time that we're on this broken planet, literally broken too. I read something today about how there's part of the core that's not working as, as well or spinning the way it's supposed to. I'm, I'm not a... Let's, let's just not, let's not add any more stress. Let's not add any more show. stress. Yeah, but... Yeah. But it's a long list, right? You put all those things together, it's like, wow. Wow, that's a lot. We, we, we got a lot of things we got to fight back against. And we all know that the left has hijacked the narrative of everything going on in the United States, a lot of because of all the, the purse strings that they hold, the levers that they manage. But when you actually write it out and look at it, it does seem a little bit overwhelming. And what it's going to take to stand up to that. And he stood up to all of them, as Debbie points out. He 100% did. What it's going to take, though, is a leader with some massive balls to stand up to these different institutions in order to fight back on behalf of you and me, the American people. When he said, stand up to the deep state, that sounds like one entity, right? Just with that phrasing. But it's, but it's not, as we all know. There's subsets. There's the FBI. There's a lot of three-letter agencies that have been weaponized by the Democrat Party, weaponized not just by the Democrats, but by permanent Washington, turned against the American people. And these deep staters, these people who are a part of the machine, part of this system, you guys, they play for keeps. Man, they're serious. And if you're not a part of their club, they will do anything and everything in their power to destroy you, destroy your family. And anybody who supports you. It's not just it's not just going after you and your reputation. It's it's the whole kit and caboodle. Look what they've done in the past. They had Barack Obama weaponize the IRS, go after Tea Party groups. We're seeing all sorts of, of similar instances now. The FBI infiltrating Pope protests sponsored a riot that was supposed to link Trump to an insurrection so he would forfeit the ability to hold public office ever again. These uh, we could go on and on. Obviously, we talk about them a lot, the different examples. But these are really bottom of the barrel, nasty, 
corrupt people, corrupt institutions that are tearing the fabric of American society apart. So it's going to take, as I said before, a leader with big balls, a leader who's not afraid to face down those corrupt institutions, rein them in or destroy them and, and scatter them into a million pieces. And I don't look, I don't know who it's going to be. I don't know. It's going to could be Trump, could be DeSantis. There's people out there who want Yunkin or Nome or Haley or Pompeo or someone else. Not saying I support those people I just listed. There's some in there that I like. But, but whoever it is, whoever it is, and it might not be who you want, they need to fight like hell and they need to fight as hard and as dirty as the Democrats do. Stop playing by the old rules. Stop hoping that things are going to get better. That's how we got here. That's how we got here. And here's not good. I mean, and I know the list is daunting, but I'm glad that he gave a list. Here's what we need to fix. Here's what we need to go after. Because whenever you see like a Democrat give a speech, the, the lists are very arbitrary. <laughs> and like, don't worry, everyone's going to be allowed to vote. You know, like they're not addressing the matters at hand. They're just trying to get votes so they can stay in office. So I love the fact that he gave. And yes, it is daunting. You look at it like, ooh. It's a lot. It's a lot. You it's need be a some busy balls. four years, <laughs> you know. But, uh, but I'm, you know, like I agree with you. Whoever it is, they have got to play as hard and as dirty as the Democrats do. Uh, end of story. At no that holds point. barred at this point. To. Yeah, yeah. Jill says no one can handle it like Trump or DeSantis. I, I think, I think you're right. Those are the only two who really can. Um, but. Let's move on with some other points from Trump's stop there. He also addressed term limits and a lifetime ban on lobbying. Here was that. So I'll support a constitutional amendment to impose term limits on members of Congress. It's time. It's time. And only a non-politician would do that. A lifetime ban on lobbying by former members of Congress, because I see the things that are happening and also cabinet members, and a ban on members of Congress getting rich by trading stocks with insider information like Nancy Pelosi and her husband. <laughs> Paul Hammertown Pelosi. Oh, my gosh. All right, so, uh, look, a, a ban on that would be awesome. A constitutional amendment that enforces and puts into place term limits, it would be phenomenal. Do I think it's likely? Is it going to happen? No, I don't think it's going to happen. But it should, and we, we need to fight like hell to try and make it happen. That, that's, what needs, that's what needs to go down here. So, <clears throat> but he, anyways, moving on with that, that comment there. It would be huge. And it's super important because you've got the media and you've got two parties who get the, the country to fight over somebody who can only serve for eight years max. Well, the turds who actually write and pass laws stay in their seats for 30 and 40 years, that's where the real power is in this country, the people who, who do that. But our political system has become so corrupt, as, as we all know. We, we didn't know for long. There's a lot of us, a lot of you who maybe are, are learning a lot more about it now. But it's going to take a reformer like a Teddy Roosevelt to come in and clean house. It doesn't have to be him, but you get my point. This thing has to be cleaned from top to bottom. And Trump tried. He tried in 2016. And he, he 
he he brought awareness and and shined a spotlight onto all this like we've never seen before. The problem was though he was investigated, maligned, smeared, for four years, drugged through the mud because the deep state was threatened by him. They hated his guts, didn't want him to destroy their little kingdoms that they've created for themselves. He also mentioned there how he wants to stop the revolving door of lobbyists and special interest groups, writing legislation and creating laws. That's how that gets done. None of these people and their staffs write laws. They have these things in the can from these special interest groups, these lobbyists, and they, and they shove it through. The system has to be changed. It's become so, so corrupt that it literally is going to take all of us pushing back, demanding reform, demanding all this accountability. Look that word up. Accountability from those who we put in office. We put in office. They work for us. Then starting well, like, to, you know, go ahead. Sorry, I just want to say, like, you go back. I mean, I remember, I remember learning history. Are they teaching this part in history now? I don't know. Maybe not. But when George Washington was approached, and they said, "Hey, we want you to, you know, just be our president." And he's like, "No, no, no. No man should have this amount of power for a long time because they'll get corrupt. That's why we fled." But it seems like, you know, and that was a smart move for to be the president. That was great. But now as we move forward, we get going. I mean, how old is Pelosi? How old is Biden? Like, think of all the people who've been here for so long. They thought it through. Wait a second. We can stay here for as long as we need to and want to. And we can line our pockets and we can, we can run the country. Yeah. We can make things happen. And it's changed. It's like, uh, it, unfortunately, through the, the, the vision that we're given now, we see things. The president really doesn't get to run this country. Yes, he goes in and he makes speeches and gets things done, executive orders, all those things. But the people that are sitting there in Congress, Capitol Hill there, they're the ones that are making the making changes, making these things that happen. Well, it's not even and them, though. It's this, they yeah. figured, yeah, but they figure out how to how to play the game. And then they got ties to, you know, big tech and ties to the pharmaceutical companies and all these things and all the banks and all this stuff that then they get pressured to go a different way it's really bad it's really bad and it needs to be addressed be but and i hope if he gets in that's what he pushes and that's what gets passed but we'll see we'll see what we'll happens see. i don't think it ever hard, happens it's, but yeah it's gonna be a hard one to fight it's like they're, they're gonna try and they're gonna rear their ugly head and make a big mess and scene out of it and there's probably gonna be more can't you know smearing smear <laughs> bagel smearing <laughs> yeah. yeah and you know all these things are going to happen it's going to it's just we're it's we're going to feel like we're taking crazy pills more than usual yeah because i feel like i'm taking crazy pills all the time well starting to uh preview some of the bad we'll discuss a little bit more of that on the other side of the break here but i've got two last things i want to hit on before we go to break and one of them is trump also had some thoughts this weekend about desantis running for president you maybe saw this on social, but here was that clip. So Ron would have not been governor if it wasn't for me, and that's okay. Uh, and uh, he, number one, he wouldn't have gotten the nomination. And number two, he wouldn't have beaten uh, the de his Democrat opponent. So well, then when I hear he might run, you know, I consider that very disloyal, but it's not about loyalty. But to me it is. It's always about loyalty. But for a lot of people, it's not about it. All right, I'm going to be honest. I've talked about this before, so and I'm always honest. You guys know exactly where I stand on pretty much everything. But I get uncomfortable when Trump goes after DeSantis. I live in Florida. Ron's been an absolutely superb governor. I'd argue the best now, maybe one of the best ever. 
stood up to the Branch Covidians, kept Florida open, fought back against the federal government, forcing people to take the jab. He's been fighting against the left's attempt to indoctrinate Florida, and particularly children in Florida, with this victim-oppressor ideology, pushing back against schools that want to allow seven-year-olds, as an example age, but seven-year-olds included, about heterosexual sex, gay sex. And look, has he gotten everything right? No, again, there's not a damn one of us who's perfect, but I don't like it when, when this happens. And again, I thought Trump was a great president. I like Trump. If Trump ends up being the guy, I will vote for Trump. I like his no-nonsense style, nonsense style of pushing back, going against the community. But it just rubs me the wrong way when he goes after DeSantis. It's not good for our party. It's not good for our chances. We need to come together on this. Again, there's, there's fractions and divisions in the Republican Party for a reason. It's because of the establishment. It's because of these uniparty hacks who, who are just as much Democrats as they are. They're, they're more Democrats than they are Republicans. But the America First folks... And I'm not saying that like the conservative move, like the, the people who want America to thrive and be what it was, be what it can be. We can't be fighting each other. And I get it. I get that Trump's running again because he feels like he's got unfinished business. We'd like that business to be finished too. But he, he views DeSantis as one of his main obstacles here. And that's why he's doing this. But I, I get there's so much time. What needs to happen, what we need to do is we need to let these two, if, if Ron decides he's running, let these two titans, stalwarts, bang it out. Not sexually, Epstein supporters and people like that. I'm talking bang it out, hit the trail, do your debates, see what happens. Because that, that's a great, I'll take it. It's, it's, if, if you're watching a playoff game and you don't have any, you know, interest in, in who the team is that wins. You just want a good game. I'd say, I'll take either. These are great. These are great. They would both do a phenomenal job of representing our party. Let the chips fall where they may. Let's get behind who wins. But I don't like the attacks on it. I just don't. I think it's a bad move on his part. Um, okay. I'm going to skip this pronoun one. He, he weighed in on pronouns, but we got we to gotta move on here so we can get to this. So despite a strong start, he said some great things. He's going to do some great things, Trump. He also made some mistakes, not just going after Ron. He made some other ones we'll talk about on the other side. Do you know that big tech and other woke companies give billions to the radical left? They're literally using your money to take your vote and your freedoms away from you. Stop. Shop at Mammoth Nation instead, the conservative marketplace. Get huge discounts on thousands of products from hundreds of American and veteran-owned retailers. Vote at the booth and with your wallet. This is how we fight tyranny, folks. Right now, go to mammothnation.com and become a lifetime member. Use this promo code and save 30%. Hey guys, it's a crazy world out there and we're facing more uncertainty than we've faced in a long time, if not ever. And the most important advice I can give you and your loved ones is to be prepared. Most people realize they need something way too late in the event of a disaster, be it a natural disaster, a sustained power outage, political upheaval, or God forbid war. Don't put yourself in that situation. 
Have food and water on hand to provide for you and your loved ones as you adjust to whatever crisis you're facing and develop a strategy. And thankfully, Heaven's Harvest has everything you need to prepare for the unexpected. With Heaven's Harvest, you're not only supporting a pro-America Christian companies that shares your values, but you also get discounts on emergency survival foods, heirloom vegetable seed kits, water filtration and storage kits, and loads of other survival resources, such as guides on how to grow and preserve your own foods. So get ahead, be prepared, and survive with a company that shares your values. Right now, go to heavensharvest.com and use promo code DREW, D-R-E-W, to save. All right, so he said and did some great things this weekend. He has done mostly great things for this country. But, yeah, there's just some things. Again, it's it's going after DeSantis, I think, is a bad move for all of us. Even if you're on the, the Trump over the DeSantis side, it's still not good for the party. But he commented, there was one, one comment earlier that we talked about where he commented on rhinos. He did... Um, he did. I think this is a separate clip here, but he he did it again and specifically brought up rhinos here. Take a listen. So I had to learn and I had to learn quick. And uh, I've learned over four years. I know the great ones and I know the not good ones. I know the rhinos that aren't going to get it done. And I know people that are going to really get it done. I had to rely on, in many cases, some rhinos that we didn't even know if they were rhinos or not. But, you know, they're more dangerous in many ways than the Democrats. I tell you, they are actually... They're more dangerous. So that was him in New Hampshire. Uh, the other one familiar was in South Carolina. But he's 100% correct, right? He, he absolutely is correct. Rhinos are more dangerous than the left because they come to us smiling, saying, vote for us. We're on your side. We'll fight for you. But they're like these mayors and local officials in, in the, the hell holes across America that make these empty promises because they know we don't have a choice. That's, that, that's what we get from these federal elections and these rhinos who are up serving in the swamp. And unfortunately, we don't have any options because the RNC keeps feeding their campaigns with money year after year, election after election, to get them reelected over and over again. And the net result is we get this uniparty where they all take care of each other, rub each other's backs, literally, literally, uh, as well as metaphorically. But, of course, what was funny about the clip, I didn't mention it before, but the clip from earlier in the show, Trump is making a slight at Rhinos, too, and, and you had Lindsey Graham there, who got a chuckle out of it. And, and, and I was kind of like, well, hold on. Trump, you're standing by a rhino. You're stumping with him. You're doing this. And Graham, you're laughing about yourself. Anyways, being in South Carolina, like he was for one of his two stops, we're going to have to hear from, from Lady Graham. Here he, she is. Thank you. Well, he did it once. He can do it again. And now while we're here. 
So, Mr. President, I started my political career right there, and I got my first paycheck, and I said, I got to get out of here. To the State House people, you're not doing it for the money. There's one thing I want to talk to you about. How many, how many times have you heard, we like Trump uh, policies, but we want somebody new? There are no Trump policies without Donald Trump. I was there. You know why $400 billion was given by NATO nations? Because he asked and they were afraid to say no. Every president since I've been up there has asked NATO to give more money, but they gave more money when he asked. People talk about China. You did something about China. They finally paid. Everybody's been talking about China. You made them pay. You know why Mexico said yes to you? Because you scared the hell out of them by taking on China. You know why the Abraham Accords came about? It's because you convinced the Arabs and the Israelis you were strong and you're reliable. You killed the terrorists that needed to be killed. You convinced the Arabs to work with the Israelis, and the world is a better place. We live in a dangerous world right now. The good news for the Republican Party, there are many, many talented people for years to come, but there is only one Donald Trump. And I say this sincerely. You can talk about his policies, but you could not do what he did. Thank you. All right, first of all, Sorry you had to listen to Lindsey Graham speak there, but first of all, did you hear what Lindsey said at the top of his remarks, the very first thing? He said, quote, so Mr. President, I started my political career, excuse me, right there, and I got my first paycheck, and I said, I got to get out of here. To the state house people, you're not doing it for the money. Once again, these permanent D.C. hacks, of which Lindsey Graham is, a, is at the very top, says the quiet part out loud. <laughs> what he's saying is if you want to make real money, you've got to get to D.C. That's where the game is. State-level office holders can't make money because the corruption and the payoffs, they're just not there the same way that they are in D.C. And look, I'm not a Lindsey Graham fan. It's, it should be abundantly clear of that by now. You should know that. And to see him, see Trump with him, yeah, just, it irks me. Especially when Trump, throughout the weekend, referred to rhinos in his speech. He's even called Lindsey Graham a rhino before on other news interviews and, and different media appearances. So, so why associate with him? Why hang out with a guy who puts lipstick and dresses on at night and does Lord knows whatever he does after he hangs out with Democrats and screws over his constituents, screws over American citizens. Why associate with a lot of the people he associates with? Supports well, people. Old, McCarthy, Dr. Oz, all these people. What's the old saying? Keep your friends close and your enemies closer? Maybe he's doing that. Maybe. Maybe. But, I mean, uh, Lindsey Graham's one of the greatest rhinos of all time. He's one of, the, and I say great, obviously, in a bad way. He's, he's awful. He's the first one to stand in front of cameras and denounce his own party if he disagrees with, with a party member. He never lives up to what he says in terms of his promises. 
earlier, I played a clip about uh, Trump when he talked about term limits. Lindsey Graham and the rest of the establishment douchebag political hack, you know, rhino people that we've got on our side, they're the ones he's talking about. They're the ones who have completely corrupted both chambers of government, of this republic that we've got here. They're the ones who've taken away our freedoms by voting for the Patriot Act, getting us into endless wars. Now, and now you've got people like Lindsey Graham, who he's standing there, who want us to go to war with Russia? You want us to get into World War III? I don't think so. So again, I get that there's some gamesmanship that has to happen. I get that you can't change the system overnight. But Trump also needs to see this, or his advisors need to see this. And he needs to distance himself from losers who hate this country, care only about themselves. And again, play dress up like Lindsey Graham. I think that makes a huge impact. If you say, hey, I'm not going to, I think it's bad policy, whether it's someone saying that, hey, sir, I think it's bad policy, or whether it's Trump saying, I think it's bad policy, I don't care what, the, the net result is the same. We're not going to go after Ron DeSantis. He is a good ally. I think it is good policy to be relentless with Lindsey Graham, Mitch McConnell, all of these people, Mitt Rock, all of these people who are just absolutely horrible people, horrible for this country. But if you continue, if you don't take that stance, you continue to hang out with these people, whether it's for the right reasons or not. There's a lot of Americans who aren't very smart. The association's just going to be there, and you're going to lose a lot of your base. You're losing it on the vaccine. You're losing it by hanging out with Lindsey Graham. You're losing it by supporting people like Dr. Oz. You're losing it by sending out this. He, he sent out a truth. Congratulations to Ronna McNadio on her big win as RNC chair. Now we have to stop the Democrats from cheating in elections. Now, I get it. He's got to back whoever wins that position because he's running for president. Honestly, I, I understand that. I get it. But you play by so few rules. Our party is so broken. Why play nice with the losers who have ruined it, who, by the way, are not on your side? It's uh, that, that RNC election last week, supremely disappointing. It's obvious to the rest of us that GOP insiders don't want anything to do with changing the party, anything to do with what's best for our country. And that much is, is, is obvious because Ronna McDaniel was, was elected pretty overwhelmingly instead of Harmeet Dillon. Look, Mike Lindell, I like Mike Lindell. We partnered with Mike Lindell. Mike wasn't going to win that. It was also not good, by the way, that Trump put his, his clout behind Mike and, and Mike only got four votes. So there's got to be some, some <clears throat> slight tweaking. I don't think an overhaul, just some slight tweaking to who he's associating himself with. That's always been his biggest problem. And some of the messaging that's out there. But we, we keep getting screwed over. And it's the definition of insanity with the RNC, by the way. They do the same thing over and over, expecting a different result, and end up losing every single time. And keeping her, keeping Rana as the RNC chair is going to ensure, or at least it, it gives a, a pretty strong chance of ensuring that Trump will not get the GOP nomination to run for president. That's why she's there. That's the whole reason she's there. The GOP installed her once again. So she can control the purse strings and whatever candidate that will do the bidding 
of the old school establishment GOP. They're going to get the funding, all of that. So Trump needs to see this. Again, I'm on Team Trump. I like Trump. I'm not saying I choose him over DeSantis. I want to see them fight it out in a, in a cordial way. But Trump needs to see this better. He needs to play it better. Speaking of, we won't show this clip. Ronna, because we got to get on to this last one. Ronna says that this will be her last term. She also said that in 2021. And now here we are in 2023. She's heading into the 2024 election cycle. And she's still in charge, which just shows, again, that the permanent GOP has spoken. And they want to make sure that they control who that GOP nominee is in 2024. That's why she's there. That's why Rana eked out. She didn't eke it out. It was just straight up given to her. That's why she's there. All right. <clears throat> Let's... Disco, uh, this is the last thing we're going to do before we head on over to booze and banter. And there's no transition to this, right? We go from Ronna McDaniel, who's mm-hmm. lost a lot of weight. Kudos to her. She's lost a lot of weight. I, uh, I didn't even recognize the video we were going to play. I was like, who is that? And then I even like looked up. I'm like, this, they don't look alike, but you know, good for her. She, you know. Yeah. No, she's, I mean, she's a horrible person, but and she's Mitt Romney's niece, which, I mean, she was set up to fail from the, from the get-go. Yeah. But she's... She's at least losing some weight. So, Disco, have you ever, speaking of weight, have you ever wondered what a half ton of shit looks like? Well, I've actually, I don't have to wonder. I've actually, I, I did a documentary on elephants, so I've seen my fair share of, of shit. Of shit, okay. And, uh, yeah, and uh, how they stack it up is just, uh-huh. All right, well, here's, here's, here's about 900 to 1,000 pounds of shit also. Fine. I am Drew. I am Danny. And we are not the same person. We may have similar lives, we may have similar wives, but we are different nonetheless. And if you took the time to get to know us for a minute, you'd see. (laughs) I mean, right? Isn't that a perfect picture of America today? It's not a good one. It doesn't make me happy. I'm not celebrating. I'm laughing because I'm sad. That's it's, it's the coping mechanism. It's the coping mechanism. <laughs> I still have an hour worth of content to do, so I've got to keep it together and, and not not drink too much. Definitely going to have a drink for booze and banter with that one. But that I mean, that's uh, and you know what? Speaking of, there's two more clips that are are in the same vein. Maybe no, I wouldn't say they're better than same vein as that that we're going to show in booze and banter. We're going to talk to Bill about. We're not going to talk to Bill Gates. We're going to talk about Bill Gates. And Jeffrey Epstein, this whole reparation discussion that keeps coming back up, all of that's coming up. It's going to be over at Red Voice Media. Go to redvoicemedia.com forward slash Drew Crew to sign up. I'll put it in the chat one last time for all of you fine folks. Then go to redvoicemedia.com forward slash BB to watch it. Again, Drew Crew is just to sign up. Then it's BB to watch it. We hope to see you there. For some reason, we can't. We'll see you tomorrow. Be safe. Be smart. Be free. You've just heard Drew Berquist. Tune in weekdays on every major podcast provider or on DrewBerquist.com.